There are many words to extend a greeting, to say hello, good day, or as some of my relatives and ancestors in the Western United States would say, howdy. But with the coming of Resurrection Sunday, one word speaks to my heart. The word I'm thinking is a Hebrew word, the word shalom. The easiest way to translate shalom, peace, or as they say in modern-day Israel, shalom, shalom. And strangely, it can mean either hello or goodbye. But there is deeper significance than just peace. There's harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. It was Jesus, just before the cross, who said, My peace, my shalom, I leave with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. He said that just before leaving the upper room, the Last Supper, on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, his high priestly prayer, and his arrest leading to the cross. This week, leading to Easter, Shalom, Shalom. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. It's March 31st, and we're already a quarter of the way into 2021. And we're in a series this week as Easter approaches, called The Journey to the Cross. Some Christians call this week Holy Week, the week leading up to Easter. And as we reflect on Jesus' final week before dying, we discover that his journey to the cross is a story of betrayal, a deep betrayal. One of his closest friends, someone on the inside, one of the chosen twelve. But when Jesus told his followers one of them would betray him, Not one of the disciples suspected it was Judas. Well, stay with me as we look at this tragic story, but a necessary story found as we travel with Jesus all the way to the cross this week. But before we think of that story, I want to remind you of the powerful story in the feature film called Risen. This movie shows the events of Christ's resurrection from a very unique angle, a Roman soldier who is skeptical about this resurrection. The Nazarene said he'd rise again after three days. We will lose peace and order if it's true. Will the people believe it? The weak will. There will be no other gods. Kill him. The tomb is sealed, guarded with your life. Pilate summons you. The body has vanished. His tomb is empty. Where has he gone? You tell me. Already they're proclaiming him risen from death. The emperor cannot arrive to unrest. We must find a body. Oh, no! Home the city for bodies dead in the last week. Take them up. Everyone. His disciples. Where are they hiding his corpse? It was not his followers. Another body, sir, just revealed. No. Who told you the Nazarene was alive? Mary Magdalene. You're looking for something you'll never find. Open your heart and see. No more lies. What happened to the body? The ropes, they just exploded. You should have returned by now. I have 
seen two things which cannot reconcile. A man dead without question. And that same man alive again. What frightens you? Imran, wagering eternity on it. Risen is historical fiction in the tradition of Ben-Hur. But just like that classic film, I really enjoyed how it ultimately points us to the risen Christ. It's a gritty, realistic film that portrays the harsh realities of the first century. But when you watch it, it'll remind you that Jesus truly has risen from the dead. And I want to send you the DVD with our thanks for your support of Haven Ministries. You can make your gift after the program by calling us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org, where you can watch some excerpts from the movie. The website, once again, is haventoday.org. Now, let's open once again with the most well-known song from Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters, Volume 1. Is he worthy? Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? Creation groaning it is. is a new creation coming it is. is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst it is. is it good that we remind ourselves of this
song called Is He Worthy by Andrew Peterson from his Resurrection Letters 1 album that we have for your gift to the ministry here at Haven today. This is a program called The Journey to the Cross. I'm Charles Morris. The saddest thing about betrayal is that it never comes from our enemies. That's what betrayal is, wouldn't you say? It comes from friends or supposed friends, those we don't expect Little children find this out fairly early in life, working together to locate the cookie jar. They enjoy the spoils together. But when mommy and daddy find out, that camaraderie disappears. One child finds himself facing consequences. The others say they didn't join in. Betrayal. It's as old as sin. Adam betrayed Eve after they ate from the tree, blaming her for what happened. Cain betrayed his brother Abel, killing him out of the field because he was jealous. Betrayal is all through the Bible. Well, it's Holy Week, the week leading up to Easter, as we reflect on Christ's last week before dying. Jesus' journey to the cross is a story of betrayal, and betrayal hurts. A story from history. The Spartans were known as the most fearsome warriors of ancient Greece, From birth, they trained their boys to be ruthless fighters, disciplining their bodies and their minds, acclimating them to pain and fear and combat. It was the Spartans that invented what might be the most famous battle formation, the phalanx. Spartan soldiers would knit their shields close together, forming an impenetrable cluster from outside. It was the Spartan army that famously withstood thousands of Persian soldiers at a battle in 480 B.C., but there was a betrayer in the works. His name was Cephalides. He was a Spartan by birth, and his father was a respected soldier. He should have been trained up to take his place, but there was a problem. He was rejected by his people, not just once, but twice. To be a Spartan man was to be a warrior. To be rejected was to lose everything. All he wanted was to be a part of his heritage, to contribute to the glory of his people. Ephialides had already been rejected by his father. But when he presented himself to the Spartan army as they were preparing to take on the Persians, they rejected him yet again. Betrayal. And this time he struck back. He made a deal with the Persians and led them through a secret path so they could surprise the Spartan army from behind. The Spartan army perished as a result, and this man was left with a modest payout. It was about 500 years later that a very similar story would play out, and it would happen during the first Holy Week in Jerusalem. Jesus had already ridden in on the back of a donkey to the praises of the crowd. There was well over a million people there getting ready for the Passover. Jesus knew what he was walking into, 
a hotbed of danger and death, but betrayal was already in the works. Judas Iscariot was a disciple of Jesus. He was called to follow him just like Peter, James, John, and all the rest. He saw the miracles. He heard Jesus' teaching. He even handled the money they used for ministry. And from the outside looking in, no one knew what Judas was capable of. But Jesus knew. And that first holy week, they found themselves in the upper room. And Jesus made it clear just who Judas was. It began with foot washing, the lowest task for the lowest of servants. But Jesus willingly did it. He washed all his disciples' feet, even Judas. He washed their feet, and he said a blessing over them. Pause. Think about this. Judas Iscariot, the traitor, had his feet washed by the Lord he was going to betray. This intimate act that communicated belonging and family, Jesus did for Judas. Other than the cross, is there anything that tells us of his love more deeply than this? A love that was willing to stoop low and serve even his known enemy. Jesus was loving Judas, even as Judas was preparing and plotting to betray him. Jesus blessed his disciples, but not Judas. Here's the story, picking up from John thirteen eighteen. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill the passage of Scripture, He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which one of them he meant. Leaning back against Jesus, the one he loved asked him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. And then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. And as soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. So there you have it. It was nighttime. Jesus, the one who had washed his feet, sent Judas out into the night to do what he was going to do, to betray him to the religious leaders for a, a payout, to lead them right to him so that they could arrest him. It was to fulfill scripture. But Judas' betrayal cut Jesus to the heart. He was troubled in his spirit to even tell his disciples about Judas. Holy Week, Christ's final week in Jerusalem, was a spiritual week. Jesus was preparing to give his life as a ransom for many, but it was a profoundly human week. It was Jesus wrapping a towel around his waist, crouching low and washing up and blessing his disciples' feet. 
It was Peter misunderstanding the point, only to go further, asking the Lord to wash his hands, too, all of his body. It was Jesus letting his disciples know he loved them as he blessed them, sharing a final meal together that one last time. And it was Judas going out in the night under the influence of Satan to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. It was spiritual, but oh, it was so human. But take a moment to really consider something. None of the disciples suspected Judas. They had no idea what Jesus was saying or why he was saying it. Judas was just like them, or so they thought. They could have never imagined he was getting ready to lead an army to Jesus in a few hours to arrest him. And this little detail remains with us. Even though we may hide our sin, Jesus sees our hearts. Jesus was going to the cross. He was going to bear our sin. He knows our hearts. And he knows how often we are tempted to betray him, to stray from his love. Yet he loves us still. Judas' betrayal is not meant to scare us away from the Lord. It's meant to draw us closer to him. As we reflect on what Jesus did that final week in Jerusalem, dying for us, redeeming us from the power of sin and darkness, we remember that he knew what he was doing. He knew betrayal was lurking. And he knew Judas was only the first. His disciples were next. The arrest, the trial, the crucifixion, Jesus would in the end be left all alone. His journey to the cross was a lonely road, but it didn't end there. His resurrection, Easter was coming, the defeat of death and conquering the grave, giving us new life in Him, a new life that is greater than our past, no matter how far we've fallen or drifted away. Christ redeems us. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds, by His wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. By His wounds, by His wounds we are healed. We are healed by Your sacrifice. Let the life that You gave, we are healed. By your grace we are saved, we are saved. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed.
of singers, Mac Powell, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Brian Luttrell, and Mark Hall by his wounds here on Haven Today and the Journey to the Cross. I'm Charles Morris. The world may doubt or even dispute the truth of the resurrection, but our Savior is alive. And the recent film, Risen, powerfully portrays this truth, and it's one of the best faith-building movies I've come across in a long time. This story is historical fiction in the tradition of Ben-Hur. It tells a heart-touching story built around the biblical text, but from the angle of someone on the outside, a Roman soldier who was searching for the truth regarding the resurrection. Is it a ransom? Do not seek me. Do not follow or wander. Persecute no one on my behalf. I have seen two things which cannot reconcile. A man dead without question, and that same man alive again. I pursue him, the Nazarene, to ferret the truth. Clavius, Aquila, Valerius, Niger. It's his seal, sir. How could he follow that Hebrew? Perhaps it's true. It's sort of a new take on the New Testament story of the resurrection. But we wanted to do something completely different, so it's sort of the resurrection story told as a detective story. It's a Roman telling of the of the crucifixion and the resurrection story, and 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 really, you know, Christ's final days told through the eyes of agnostic Romans. I'd also describe it as the greatest murder mystery ever written. I, I loved it. Like the aspect of, of a crime thriller in terms of Christianity was genius for me. It's showing humanity at its weakest and at its finest. You know, from Clavius' opening scenes to his latter scenes with Lucius, you see that how much faith can change a man and how much love can change a man. Taken from a scene from the movie Risen, along with some of the filmmakers and actors talking about this unique story, little did the Roman officer who was searching for the body of Christ realize how his investigation would change his life forever. I believe this film will capture your imagination and encourage your own walk with Jesus. So why don't you get in touch with us right now? Make your gift to the ministry and ask for your copy of The Risen DVD. Our number to call right now is 800-654-2836. 
That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org. You can watch some excerpts from the movie Risen. And the website, again, is haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters, Volume 1, a deluxe CD that includes five bonus songs for your gift. It's the finest Easter album I've heard in a long time, and I know you'll want to listen to it all year round. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow, this special week, as again we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Justice systems can go haywire. We all know stories of people wrongfully accused, convicted, even put to death. They have something in common with Jesus. He was the victim of a conspiracy. Herod ridiculed him. Pilate released a criminal in its place. Gentile soldiers brutalized him. The Jewish council, thinking they were so zealous for God's law, broke one commandment after another to condemn him. Why? Acts 24-7 tells us to conspire against Jesus, the Anointed One. Injustice happens all the time even to Christians, whether in court or simply in the workplace or at home. We're not alone. Christ understands what we're going through. In Him, justice will one day come. All our wrongs will be made right. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.